Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today we're talking with Dr. Evan Anderson of Anna Shaw Children's Institute in Dalton. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us today, Dr. Anderson. It's always a pleasure. Is this your fourth time on? It is my fourth time. Wow, that is great. I'm glad you're here. Dr. Anderson is a child psychologist at Anna Shaw Children's Institute. Uh, They're at 1201 Burleson Road behind Hamilton Medical Center in Dalton. Dr. Anderson specializes in the treatment of anxiety, the psychological assessment of children for children who are experiencing developmental delays or have medically complex cases. He also provides parent-child interaction therapy and parental guidance for behavioral management. He graduated from the University of Central Arkansas with a PhD in counseling psychology and completed his internship in pediatric child clinical psychology at the University of Texas at Austin. Dr. Anderson, can you tell our listeners a little about the Anna Shaw Children's Institute? Yeah, I'd love to. So we specialize in early intervention. So we uh, start seeing kids at birth and uh, we work through age 11. These are kids who are experiencing challenges with developmental delays. The Institute's team includes me, a neuropsychologist, two developmental behavioral pediatricians, physical, occupational, and speech therapists, uh, a music therapist. Uh, We have behavioral analysts and many, many more dedicated professionals. So, of course, we we do physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech therapy. The psychological services include individual counseling, family counseling, and just general behavioral support. The cognitive, psychological, and developmental evaluations that are conducted there ensure uh, assessment of each child's individual skill set and help to identify appropriate therapy services to uh, just maximize the child's development. And once we get all this information. We have a great team. We have a great treatment navigator who supports families through the diagnostic and the treatment process. Sounds very complicated, It sounds, but it also sounds like you have a great crew there. We do have a great crew, and it, you know, it does get a little complicated, but uh, it's complicated on behalf of the children here. It's, it's complicated so their life can be a little more simple, so we'll walk you through every step of the way. Well, that sounds great. You know, it's wonderful that all this is available to families right here in our community. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the importance of self-esteem in children and how we can help to build self-esteem. You know, why is self-esteem so important to kids? You know, I think sometimes self-esteem gets a bad rap. Whole generations are accused of maybe having too much self-esteem. And uh, in the social media era, it can you understand where people are coming from. Right, where, sure. Where kids might feel too good about themselves. But uh, but there is a way to kind of temper that. And, and self-esteem really is important in a child's development. I mean, I think the first thing would be uh, kids who feel good about themselves have confidence to uh, try new things. And uh, Many children kind of cheat themselves out of valuable learning experiences because they're too nervous about embarrassing themselves um, when they're trying something new. Um, And I think something to keep in mind as we we talk about this topic is for a lot of kids, the only feedback they ever get are in regards to their behavior at home and uh, their performance at school. And, you know, kids aren't 100% good at home all the time, so it's kind of hard to to be perfect in that respect. It's a really great trait uh, for kids to want to try new things um, outside of the home and outside of school. Another thing that, that might be helpful is it helps them to try their best, um, kind of related. Once again, you know, kids kind of sabotage themselves because they're not willing to try hard enough. Most kids do this because they're wanting to avoid failure in some way. And um, if they're not trying and they fail, it doesn't really hurt their self-esteem. And so a lot of kids opt for that route um, rather than trying hard and and doing their best. So if kids have good self-esteem, they're more likely to try their best. 
Well, now, do you feel like self-esteem and confidence are about the same thing? Um, self-esteem leads to confidence. Um, you know, confidence is your, your belief in yourself and that you can accomplish things. Self-esteem is is very, very similar in that you uh, just kind of value yourself and think that you can contribute and that you're kind of valuable as a person. So you can see how those are very, very closely related. But confidence seems more related to like action and self-esteem will inevitably lead to confidence. And feelings. Well, feelings of, of self-esteem are important. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you really have to um, you really have to feel like you have something to contribute and that you really fit into the, into the world. And, you know, I think this is something that adults often take for granted. Granted, is that we've kind of found our, our place in the world, you know. Uh, you know, Bobby, you don't judge yourself on your accounting abilities or your mechanic abilities, you know, because you found your your niche. You know, you're right. you work in radio and you do well in that. Um, kids, they're still figuring things out, and that the world's a big scary place, and they don't quite know where they fit into it yet. So it's nice for them to find, or at least believe that one day they will be able to fit into it. You know, it's it's tough being a child. Yeah, that's like, yeah, understatement of the day. You know, it can be really tough. It really is. I remember, and I was a child a long time ago, and I've raised three children, and I know exactly what you're saying. It is tough being a child. Yeah. So they need lots of guidance. Another thing they can, you know, they need to feel proud of what they can do. And I think probably the most important thing that self-esteem does is it helps kids cope with mistakes. I think as parents, we want to shield our kids from mistakes and we want to set them up for success, but Mm -hmm. mistakes happen and navigating those mistakes is an extremely important part of childhood um, because it's an extremely important part of adulthood. Um, It's something we need to start learning. You know, they they don't mind failing if they have self-esteem. You know, they, they, they will try again and again. And we know from our years of experience of being on this earth, you know, that the most valuable things in life are learned after multiple failures. And if a child is going to give up after one or two failures, then they're not going to learn the most important lessons in life. And uh, I think it's important to talk about this in the context of bullying as well. I think a lot of parents come in and they have these questions like, you know, they're being mean to my child at school. And that is absolutely heartbreaking as a parent to, to you know, to hear that, uh, that your child is going through this. Oh, it is, yes. And, uh, but, you know, and, and there's these narratives that like, well, you need to tell your child to stand up to the bully and, you know, show them who's boss. And once you stand up for yourself, they're going to back down. And, and, you know, we've actually found that that narrative isn't as true as we'd like it to be. And I think really the best way to help your child deal with a bully is, of course, get other authorities involved, but, but also just build up your child's self-esteem at home, focus on their strengths, let them know that that one child or those couple of children don't define who they are as a person and show them, you know, how valuable they are in your life and and other people's lives and and those kids who hear that message are more likely to just kind of push through bullying without it really impacting them long term. You know, those are great words because it, uh, they can lose that self-esteem from bullies. Yeah. And uh, it uh, can cause cause problems for the rest of their lives. It really can. Now, how do we know if a child is suffering from low self-esteem? I think a lot of kids kind of default to low self-esteem because <laughs> once again, it's, it's a big, scary world out there and they're still figuring things out. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily something that's wrong with them or something you're doing wrong as a parent, but there are some signs, you know, you can look for um, kids that are very self-critical or hard on themselves when they make mistakes. Yeah, they'll beat themselves up over a mistake. Yeah, even the smallest mistakes, you know, it'll be devastating to them. If they compare themselves to other kids and you're starting to think, oh, they don't think they're as good as other kids. If they just remember the times they've failed rather than when they have succeeded, they lack confidence to your point, Bobby, you know, if they're just not willing to go out and try things, 
um, that that might be a sign of low self-esteem, and then just doubt that they can do things well. As you start to see that pattern, you might want to take a look into how you can, might be able to boost their self-esteem, which we'll talk about. Well, now, uh, being in this field, do you find more girls or more boys suffer from st- self-esteem issue, or does it not really matter? I think that boys tend to they tend to be a, a far more accepting of one another. Like as as long as you can do certain things, um, you know, as long as you're good at sports and classically boy things, it's really easy for boys to develop self-esteem. You know, girls they like to gather in groups and and talk a lot. And so if you're not very good very socially, then then you're more likely to experience rejection as a, a girl in that respect. And so uh, the simple answer is that they experience experience it about the same rate, but for different reasons. Very good, because I was thinking that very thing, uh, because I've raised two boys and one girl, Mm. and I have noticed that it is completely different. Yeah, it really is. It is completely different. My two boys, and then my little girl came along, and that was a totally different experience. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about ways that we can help build self-esteem in our children. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for Life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Healthcare System. Health for Life. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today, we're here with Dr. Evan Anderson of Anna Shaw Children's Institute. Dr. Anderson, we know that self-esteem is so important. What are some ways that we can foster self-esteem in our kids? Yeah, you know, that's kind of the big question, right, after we've talked about how important it is. I'm going to preface what I'm going to say with I've been told by colleagues that these talks about self-esteem can actually make parents kind of feel guilty, and uh, that's not my intention, but uh, <laughs> it's all oh, important yeah? things. These are all mistakes that we all make. Okay. So. I think the first thing is just to help your child learn things. I think at every age, there are new things for kids to learn, even during babyhood, you know, learning to hold a cup or take first steps sparks a sense of, of mastery. You know, as your child grows, they can learn things to like to dress themselves, to read, to ride a bike. And, you know, even after they get past these initial developmental milestones, you, know, you can help them pick up hobbies. You can help them develop skills. I think good news for the parents that are wanting to live vicariously through their children is that it's a great place to start is with hobbies that you enjoyed as a kid or skills that you developed as an adult. Um, these are all things that you can kind of give over to your child kind of easily without having to hire a, a tutor or a you know, a teacher of some sort. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think um, along with this is showing them and helping them first. I think sometimes parents uh, have a tendency to kind of figuratively lock their children in a room and say, all right, learn this skill. And then they go and do something else while the kid's quote unquote, learning the skill, but they don't know where to start. And uh, I think sometimes they, they miss that opportunity to feel proud um, because they don't know where to start. You know, they don't have that initial success. And so I think it's very important as parents that, that we kind of give them those challenges that are going to challenge them just enough, but not too much to where they give up. You know, I think I can tell a story. I can kind of tattle on my wife and I on a mistake that we made. Mm-hmm. We, we had these little canvases and we would let my, my children paint these canvases and, and we just kind of leave them to their own creativity. And all the canvases looked exactly alike. They just turned into these kind of brownish, blackish 
blobs. And, <laughs> Just a mixture of paint. <laughs> yeah, and so it was realized we're like, you know what, we should probably be teaching them how to like make little shapes and um, how to maybe not mix colors and to maybe plan their project ahead of time. And we thought, well, if we put if we put that structure into it, they're not going to be as creative. But they didn't even know where to start. And so they were just kind of lost and they ended up making something that they didn't even enjoy. So I think you can kind of take that lesson into other areas and just teach them how to be successful in something. They can still be creative. They can still turn it into their own, but they still need to learn the fundamentals. So don't shy away from that. As well, a that was not from a lack of wanting your your children, your child to do well. Mm-hmm. It's just that maybe you went about it the, the wrong way. We just went about it the wrong way. You know, we just felt like, well, this is a creative endeavor. We're just going to leave it to them. But we forgot to build that foundation first. Um, and we have since corrected it. And they enjoy drawing and painting much more than they ever did because because they know how to do it <laughs> now. And, and the positive reinforcement that you can give a child is so important. Yeah, no, it really is. And I think I think in many ways, positive reinforcement is, is kind of the bread and butter of good parenting. You know, I think in every parenting book you'll ever read, the positive reinforcement has its own chapter, if not its own uh, half of the book. You know, it is really important, but it's also important to do it wisely. I think many well-meaning parents can maybe praise in the wrong way or just in ways that aren't as productive as others. So, well, you, do you think they overpraise? They can overpraise, yeah. And I, th- I think it's one thing that, you know, you, you praise because you want to show your child that you're proud. But um, as parents, sometimes we can get a little bit lazy with it and say, oh, you're so smart or good job. Um, instead of saying something specific, like I like the way you're being very patient right now, or I love how creative you're being, you know, with your paint. Or you might uh, praise things that they don't necessarily need to be praised for. Like if a three-year-old sets the table, they might very much enjoy you saying, oh, you're the best table setter I've ever seen. But your six-year-old might not appreciate that compliment as Mm, much. I understand. And then also parents kind of can praise things that just don't ring true to the child. So for an example, like if a child is playing, let's say baseball, you know, and they have a terrible game and they lose and it just things didn't go well. If you say, hey, you had a great game, that's just not going to ring true to them. And, you know, it's probably going to make them feel worse. Uh, it might be better to say, like, I know that wasn't your best game, but we all have off days. I'm proud of you for not giving up. Well, I think that would go a lot further, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, it does take a little extra effort on our part as a parent to kind of frame things in that way. Um, it's much easier to just be like, hey, you did you did a pretty good job. You know, you stuck with it. Well, um, talking about effort, uh, do you think that parents should praise effort? Yeah, they should definitely praise efforts. And I think I mean, that's an excellent point because we typically want to focus on things that are, or we want to avoid praising things that are result-based, like getting an A. Only praising kids when they get an A or when they've when they have kind of a tangible accomplishment or like fixed qualities like being smart or athletic, um, because you know kids can't generally fix how smart or athletic they are. You know they can practice things and and get better a little bit, but in general we want to praise efforts so that those are the things that they value and try to impress you with. Because you know if you just praise a child for being smart, we actually find that kids will they'll kind of cheat a little bit or they'll try to hide mistakes from you and they'll try to make themselves look smart. If you praise efforts, they're going to say, hey, look, I'm doing my homework and I worked on this project um, to make it perfect. Those are the types of skills that are going to translate very easily into adulthood. Great information. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some more ways that you can help build your child's self-esteem. We'll be right back on Health for Life. 
If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Evan Anderson of Anna Shaw Children's Institute. Dr. Anderson, you've shared some great ways to help improve our children's self-esteem. Are there any other things that we should be doing to help our children with this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is this is one that can make parents feel particularly guilty. But uh, once again, we're all in the same boat here. I think being a good role model to your kids um, is important. And uh, you might be thinking, well, how in the world do I model good self-esteem? Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's actually easier than we think, um, at least to talk about doing it's different. But uh, when you put effort into everyday tasks like raking leaves, making a meal, cleaning up dishes, or washing your car, you're setting a good example. Your child learns to put effort into doing homework and cleaning up toys and making their bed. They see you kind of doing these things and they just think, okay, doing work and doing little jobs is just part of everyday life. Um, I think sometimes a lot of us fall into this trap of do as I say and not as I do. And just like we really wouldn't accept that explanation from another adult, children tend to reject that explanation. But the problem is, is the kids can't do anything about it. <laughs> they often just have to follow, uh, fall in step with, with the parent and what they're saying. But but it's hard and it weighs on them over, over the weeks and months that they have to deal with that. And along with doing these things is modeling the right attitude. You know, when you can do a task cheerfully or, or at least without grumbling or complaining. <laughs> well, that's tough sometimes. Yes, very much so. You know, we've all, we all reach the end of our rope at the end of the day. And when we do it cheerfully, we teach our child to do the do it the same. Kids mimic their parents. And I think sometimes it can be very cute. And sometimes as adults, we learned our most profound lessons by seeing our children mimic us. We're like, oh my gosh, do I do I do that? Um, and it can be kind of scary. Oh, I have unsettling. been there before, yeah. I know. I think we all have. Yes. And it's, uh, <laughs> they're, they're a beautiful mirror for us, our children. Um, when you kind of demonstrate that you want to do a job right, you know, when you say, hey, gosh, I could do it this way, but I'm going to do it this way to make sure that I do it right um, and take pride in the job. Once again, your child learns that. And so uh, these can be very valuable uh, learning experiences for children. Now, there are times that a child needs to be corrected. What about when a, when a child needs to be corrected? What should we know about that? That's a good question because, you know, I think in many ways when we have to give correction as a parent, it, it feels like the natural enemy to self-esteem. Um, and in many ways it is, you know, when you're because this is when you're telling the child what they did wrong, you know, and, and something that they need to fix or that they messed up. And those are things that, that don't generally um, make a child feel good. But I think you can go into it and minimize the, that uh, result um, by banning harsh criticisms. And I, I know parents don't really go into these discussions with their children wanting to be harsh. Um, just sometimes it happens, you know. And I think as a parent, it's really important to recognize when you're feeling a little bit on edge, when you're feeling a little bit grumpy, or when you're really tired, and say, okay, I need to watch how I communicate. So the messages that kids hear about themselves um, and from others can easily translate in how they feel about themselves. Um, Because as a child, you pretty much depend on feedback from others to tell you when you're doing good or when you're doing bad. Um, So, you know, using harsh words like just saying you're lazy 
and you know, I get it. As parents, sometimes you do look at what your kids are doing and you're just saying, you are lazy right now. You're being very lazy. And um, it's hard to get past that. And it's easy to just use those simple phrases, but kind of breaking it down and helping the child see is like, okay, I see you're really involved with your tablet right now, but we do need to take a break from that to, you know, go set the table or whatever it might be. You know, we need to correct our kids with patience. Uh, focus on what you want them to do next time. And when need them, needed to show them how. I think sometimes we fall into this trap as parents where we, we know how to do it and we've known how to do it for a long time and we just assume that the child should know how to do it. It feels simple to us, but we really need to understand children are children. They're still learning. And even the simplest of things, they might need to be shown how to do it. They might need to show be shown a step-by-step tutorial by you. So a lot of times what parents label as kind of laziness or opposition is this a kid really not knowing what to do. And and they and it sounds silly, like you know how to pick up toys, but you know, in a room full of mess. Oh, it's hard to know where to start. It's hard to know where to start. That's oh, exactly. I it. agree. Yes. And look at my garage at home. You yes. know exactly. That's actually the perfect example, Bobby. Like we 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 carry that through to adulthood, where yes, our messy garages. We don't know where to start, so we're just not going to do it. And if somebody were to say, "You need to do this right now," we might get a little bit upset too, because we're like, uh, "I don't want to spend the next three hours doing that." Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think another thing, too, is evaluate the situation in the in the setting, because I think sometimes when just using the laziness example, maybe we've been depending too much on screen time as parents. And that's why they're lazy, quote unquote, lazy, because um, it's difficult for them to break away from that. And they've developed a habit of sitting down and relaxing. And maybe we can help them as a parent to, you know, identify some alternative activities that they could busy themselves with rather than just kind of yell at them for being lazy. Another thing would be to focus on strengths, ban harsh criticisms, and also focus on their strengths. Uh, Make sure that the child has a a chance to develop strength and focus on strengths over weaknesses. This improves behavior. Um, I I hear a lot of parents threatening to take away sports or hobbies when um, performance at school goes down. And, you know, I'm not saying that that you shouldn't do that ever, but I I do think you need to reconsider it um, at least because a lot of times these sports or hobbies are the only reason the child is doing as well as they are. This is a way that they can feel good about themselves and we need to allow our children to have these things that they're good at to help them get over these things that they're not so good at. Um, If you remember back to the beginning where these are the things that are going to help them keep trying and Mm -hmm. deal with failure and and try their best. And so, you know, we need to keep those things in their lives. And, you know, I think one of the last things is just let the kids help identify things that they can do with their talents. I've got three very young children at home. You know, we might bake some cookies and they help stir the bowl. And so... We deliver those to the neighbors, and they're the ones that get to deliver the cookies to the neighbors, and it helps them to, to contribute. They can't do much, but that's something they can do, and that helps them to feel good. So even if it's going to make a job harder, try to think of ways to involve your, your child in it. Thank you for sharing all this information with us. Uh, if you could leave our listeners with one word of advice about children and the importance of self-esteem, what would that be, Dr. Anderson? You know, I think it would be that every child is different. Uh, self-esteem may come easier to some kids um, than it does to others. And some kids face things that lower their self-esteem. And I think it's really important to recognize all of the influences in a child's life. It can come from extended family members, from teachers, from students, from siblings to cousins, um, and just help them to develop their strengths 
help minimize their weaknesses, but just really just focus on helping them move forward and know what they're good at. And just know, even if a child's self-esteem is very, very low, it can be raised. If you if you kind of do these strategies that we talked about, kids will respond to them. Thank you so much, Dr. Anderson. For more information about Anna Shaw Children's Institute, call 706-226-8900 or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash children. For an appointment at the Institute, please ask your child's pediatrician for a referral. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Health Care System. Health for life. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 